Welcome to Culture Night! Where each week we drink fancy wine and watch movies that are in some way culturally significant. I'm Andrew. And I'm Sarah. And we want to say thank you to everybody who's listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And to anybody who's watching on YouTube, we are here for episode four. Um, so let's go into podcast business. Looks like you've got something about the egg from Risky Business. Yes, I just... I briefly mentioned at the end of last week's podcast that I just knew as soon as I saw the egg when we were watching Risky Business last week, some memory of something from somewhere was like, I've seen this before, I've heard of this part of the storyline. And so I finally had to Google it because I was thinking about it all week and I couldn't remember it. And it is actually from the OC. There is a whole storyline with the egg. Mm. And um, after seeing the movie now, I can see what where. What season is it? I want to say it's two. Okay. Um, I, I had every intention of going to back to rewatch it today, and the so I've seen like the me. first two seasons. Yes, and I, I don't know if we finished the second yeah, season. I don't really remember it, but yeah. But after seeing like the, the final scene of Risky Business and remembering what I remember of this episode of the OC, I see where they were pulling it from, and it, now I, I will definitely go back and rewatch it this week now that I remember what it's from. But for if anybody else was trying to remember what it's from, it's probably from the OC if you're of my generation. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Um, and yeah, so I have just wanted to talk about how, like, right now, each week it's kind of random, like, which movie we're picking right now, just kind of like what we feel like seeing or what sounds maybe interesting based on how we're feeling. But um, I think soon, hopefully, after a couple more of these episodes, when we set up into like a rhythm, we can start looking into like grouping these by like a particular like time period or genre or actor or a series or something. Mm-hmm. So they can kind of give some more continuity week to week. But right now we're kind of jumping around, staying, you know, mostly in like the 70s, 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. maybe the 60s, you know, a lot older. Um, it's not to say we won't watch some that are in like the 2000s or even, you know, more recent movies eventually. But right now we're still figuring ourselves out and uh, eventually, you know, we'll, we'll get a little better. And I think well, we want to, you know, just focus right now on keep hitting record every week and keep, keep on a, on a schedule. Um, and, uh, we'll work on our outline of some more and maybe improve our audio and cameras in the, in the coming weeks and, uh, and maybe work on some lighting too. Cause I think right now we're just relying on the overhead lights mm-hmm. and, you know, I guess we're kind of inspired by the tuxedo time podcast and it mm-hmm. seems like they've really got like a nice set going on and they evolved over time too. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, eventually we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. It's a one week at a time thing. Um, like you said, our big focus is just trying to make sure we do it every week. We, um, you know, something, it's time for us to hang out and watch a movie every mm-hmm. week. We have two small kids that it's hard to find that time sometimes that this is us carving out that time and being consistent right yeah, now. But it's also nice because we've got a whole huge backlog of movies that we want to get through eventually. I swear every day we're like, oh, add that to the, add that mm-hmm. to the list, add that to the list that we, we have really accumulated quite mm-hmm. a backlog. Yeah. And maybe eventually once we have some more, uh, like subs- subscribers or if some people like comment on like YouTube or on Twitter or Instagram or something, maybe give some recommendations and we can watch those sooner on the list if they're, if they're um, requested or, you know, just add them to the backlog and, and get there eventually. Yeah. So. so you ready to dive into this week? Yeah. What are we drinking? This week we are drinking Tobin James. We're sticking with what we know. Um, another James gang reserve, but this one is a 2017 Malbec. So a little newer mm-hmm. than last a little, week. <laughs> a little bit newer than last week. I mean, I will just say, just sitting here talking in this opening of the podcast, I could get the, the fragrance was just coming mm-hmm. out of my glass and it, um, much more fragrant than last week. Yeah, I got a bit of earthy, like almost like, I don't know, soil sounds kind of like not, not appealing, but like mm-hmm. I get a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. 
it's not like a fruity smell. It's more of like a if like it's fruity, some spices. It's like, yeah, it, it's, it's like a, a really dark, dark fruit. fruit. Yeah, if anything. Mm. Tastes way different than it smells though. It does. Like it smells like it should be a lot darker, but like it tastes like um, like berry. A little jammy. Mm-hmm. A little alcoholy. Mm-hmm. Which are very scientific terms for, for wine tasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, trying to like figure out what I'm what I'm getting, and it's. I'm wondering like if some, it needs to air out a little Get some bit apple, more. but that just might be the fact that mm -hmm. it feels like it's very tart. Yeah, I was going to say like a little Granny Smith Surprisingly apple. Surprisingly like, tart, and I feel like, yeah, the, the, the tannic acid, whatever. Yeah. Good. All right. And so for this week's movie, we are watching Blazing Saddles. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to answer all the questions first because um, a little backstory. Um, we hadn't picked our movie until a couple days ago, and he texted me blazing saddles question mark and the first thing in my mind was like is this a code word like did i is there something <laughs> that i missed and then i was like oh he's probably talking about culture night so i was like are mm -hmm. you trying to pick a movie for this week and it's um, a pretty well-known movie i feel <laughs> i have never heard of it and so once i was like oh is it for culture night and he told me it was mm -hmm. then my brain incidentally my expectation and assumption of this movie because i don't know when it's from i know absolutely nothing about it um, I've never heard of it. I have no idea who's in it. I'm completely clueless. Mm -hmm. um, my thought is like a 70s like Western movie. And I don't know how right that is, but that is what my expectation of it is, is that it's probably some kind of like action Western and I'm probably completely wrong, but that is so all I, I know about it. I don't want to give... I, I don't know any... I know nothing about how it. How much do you want me to talk about? Like I, I've seen it before, not for a long time. So I, I know the gist of it and I, I can probably talk more about it. I'm not going to make any predictions because I've, I've seen it. Mm -hmm. um, so I will tell you, you're not, it is 1974. Oh, so shoot! The 70s. And yeah, you could say it's a Western. Okay. Um, and... There was part of me that was tempted to like put headphones, like noise canceling headphones on and then have you give all your predictions mm -hmm. so that I couldn't hear you. Um, but you can... And now I want just to hear your predictions, I guess, and then we can uh, dive into the movie. I mean... If it's a 70s Western, I mean, I can't say I've really seen a Western besides, you're going to hate me for saying this, um, Mary-Kate and Ashley's How the West Was Fun is probably the extent of Western movie that I've seen, mm -hmm. and I don't even remember how that, what even happened to that movie. Um, I assume there'll be some horses yeah, and some saddles. Sure. Um, I don't even know who's in it, so I don't even know if it's like, I mean, I assume it's a male main character. Um I really, I really have nothing, and I feel, and I, I don't know if I'm gonna feel really dumb when it starts, and I'm gonna recognize people, or like maybe I do know what this movie is, and it's just nothing comes to me, or like what kind of movie do you think it's gonna be? Like besides like western, is it gonna like be? like actiony, like some kind of like steal something, gotta do like get something mm -hmm. back or somebody back? Um, I imagine some lassos. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I truly have no clue. Mm -hmm. Going to this totally blind. Let's uh, let's saddle up and, and get re get ready for for this week's movie. Oh my god, I'm right, so wrong. Let's dive in. All right, yeehaw. I'm actually ready. Yikes. Well, that was fun. 
I don't know. I just, I feel like maybe we need to rename this podcast Cringe Night instead of Culture Night. Because yikes. I just, uh, I, I liked it. I just want to, I'm interested to see your thoughts. But first, we need to start with the, the wine reading. Wine, yes. Out of 10. I'm going to let you go first this week. This isn't it. I, uh, every week, I'm like, oh, let me smell yeah. it again. It's not it. Yeah. Hashtag after show black box. Yeah. After show wine of the podcast. Unofficial. Um, wouldn't mind a sponsorship by black box. But uh, for the wine, I'm going to give it a 5.6. Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna say five even, mm-hmm. but I could, I could go to five point six. It was not bad. Yeah. It was just, am I really gonna remember it? Probably not. That's what I'm saying. It was. It was very. Didn't average. do much for me. Yeah. Like it had some flavor. Mm-hmm. Wasn't bad. Just yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we've had a lot of wine from Tobin James where it's like mm-hmm. I'll never forget this. It was a perfect ten, Tobin James. We love your wines. Please send us. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, it was good. Um, I. I, I didn't really get much more like complexity after you know, our initial thoughts on it. Um, I mean, I will say I, I enjoyed it more than my first sip it made me think. Like I, I think on first sip I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if the, this is going to mm-hmm. be my favorite, but like it was, it did get better. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was not more to add to what we have already said about it. Yeah, it was, it was good. a Malbec. Yeah, yeah. And we, I don't know that we don't drink a lot of Malbec. Mal, Malbecs. Malbecs. Um, so I don't have a lot to compare it to. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have another bottle of the same year, same yeah, we can do that wine one. that I'm intrigued to try just to see yeah. if it tastes the same or if we got them in different shipments or how Let's we do that one for it. next week. See if we uh, see what we think. I love it. Love that. Keep it fresh. Um, and then next, obviously, is the movie rating out of ten. Remember, this is not like because it's culturally significant or because obviously you've never heard of this one, but regardless, mm-hmm. what anyone else has thought of it, um, don't look at the rating. <laughs> I already did, but yeah. I had kind of already thought about, I mean, I want to say like, like a four, mm-hmm. like low fours, 4.2, because I understand like the, the style of comedy. Mm-hmm. I get it. But it was just so unbelievably cringy for me as far mm-hmm. as, especially in the 2020s of how much more we've really tried to address things mm-hmm. like race and all that kind of stuff that it just, it like physically hurt me to watch. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 6.8. That's because I like, um, I like some of the creativity and I feel like, and I'll, I'll get into some, some of my notes, but some of the things that I feel like are, are kind of missing from movies nowadays, especially like from what I know of, of like a lot of the comedies um, that I've seen lately, I, it was, it was pretty enjoyable. Minus obviously some of the things that are kind of tough to watch nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, w- I would say it was, it was pretty enjoyable, um, especially uh Last time I had seen this and I hadn't ever seen it before. The first time I had seen it, I definitely enjoyed it more. Knowing what was coming, it was also like a shock value at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it did get better. And I, I do think that, um, I mean, I've kind of felt this every week that I've liked the movies more mm-hmm. after I thought about it for a little bit. But like initial reaction coming straight off of it, it was just a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> to really take. <laughs> Yeah, and some of the parts were kind of slow. Some of it was kind of kind of weird, but for the most part, I I'd, I'd say a six point eight. Yeah, I I, I 
I don't know if it would if it will swing up into the sixes after I sleep on it, but mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the uh, like bigger picture things. I think a little bit, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm having a hard time getting over a yeah. lot of it. <laughs> um, so next up is the description. I'll let you read that after I okay. after I give you give my description. <laughs> Your descriptions are usually better, but yeah. So. I don't even really know how to how to fully give the the synopsis of this one. It's like, um, uh, Cleavon Little's character is he like escapes from some post Civil War work railroad, railroad system, whatever, um, and uh, is sentenced to death by the sheriff or the by the some worker there by the governor, um, and then is involved in some plot to take over some small town uh, out in the in some western town for railroad purposes. I guess they wanted to possess it for, um, you can grab the remote yeah. so you can see that. <laughs> um, possess it so they can build a railroad through it and so they uh, put him in as, as the sheriff so they can kind of sabotage the town, uh, deem it unruly. Uh, turns out that he then um, endears himself to the town and ends up fighting back and the town is able to stand up to this governor and his henchmen and is able to um trick the the group of unruly uh vigilantes and uh save their town all right i think this is going to cut me off a little bit but the uh, you stop with the dot 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 the description on the tv is a town where everyone seems to be named johnson I forgot about that part. Um, stands in the way of the railroad. In order to grab their land, robber Baron Headley Lamar sends his henchmen to make oh, henchmen. There you go. Uh, to make life in the town unbearable. After the sheriff is killed, the town demands a new sheriff from the governor. So Headley convinces him to send the town the first black sheriff in the dot 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 dot. That sums it up. Yeah. Thereabouts. Um, was the was the movie what you expected? Obviously, I'd seen it before, so I didn't give my expectations. Um, yes and no. I mean, the setting and the you know style of movie with the horses and the, the mm-hmm. shoot 'em up kind of old timey yeah. western. Yes, exactly. Um, I was not expecting so much of the race stuff to uh, make its way in there, mm-hmm. honestly, at all. But also from the first scene, I was kind of like, okay, this is way different or not yeah. exactly really what I was thinking it was going to be. Um, and maybe I mean, you, didn't like, know, you didn't even really predict there was going to be a comedy. So I didn't, no. uh, so I was trying, I was laughing in your prediction. I was trying not to laugh, but you're just like, there's gonna be horses. There's going to be, I'm like, you could say it's a Western. You could say, yeah, there's, there's horses in it. Yeah. It gets kind of, I mean, I think if I had known that it was like completely written and made up by Mel Brooks, yeah. then I probably would have gotten that. And mm-hmm. now looking at the, um, like movie poster, thumbnail, whatever mm-hmm. you call it, um, it the that the picture is fitting of the story and kind of what it all is about. Yeah. But like the general setting and general story was what I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be, especially given that like I thought you were texting me some weird like code word or something for like oh kids are unruly come get them <laughs> or something <laughs> that like I. Uh, you know, then I was like, oh, it's a movie. Okay, it's probably some like weird Western mm-hmm. type movie. But um, yeah, I don't know. Definitely a different plot than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
how well did it age? That's the tough one. Because I feel like, in a way, it aged fairly well. In another way, um, there were a lot of things that I think were said, uh, like very, obviously, a lot of uh, racist words and the N-word being thrown around and other bigoted words that nowadays, I think, you can still get away with saying to an extent in a comedy setting. I don't think as many movies nowadays would risk it being not as receptive as comedy or as kind of like a, this one also was more a sign of its times. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I don't think it would be made today by any means. Yes, this exact script, this exact story. Especially post 2020. No. Yeah. yeah, after 2020, definitely not. Even before then, it mm -hmm. would have felt very cringy. Um, and even just- but I mean, well, so in like, in Django and Unchained, um, which you have not seen, uh, it, was, it got a lot of kind of pushback for excessive use mm -hmm. of, of, of that kind of phrasing and those kind of um, uh, name calling and whatnot. But it was still made. Mm -hmm. This, and I think, wouldn't have been given as much leeway even though it was a comedy because it seemed like it was excessive in, in a lot of ways. Yes, it was excessive. But I also understand that it was not only made like almost 50 years ago. Is that math right? Oh my oh. god. Yeah. I mean, that's just like a quick look at the, t the like, I'm not sure if that's 50, mm -hmm. but like close to 50 years ago that like, I understand this was a long time ago and it was not made last year or five years ago or 10 years ago. Like it was made a long time ago, but it was also set a hundred years before that. Mm -hmm. So that there is to an extent where it's like a, a period mm -hmm. piece where you're trying to, where it's, you're not trying to be outwardly racist mm -hmm. you are trying to describe the times that they were then so i was able to kind of get over it a little bit especially the longer yeah. i watched it but it definitely made me very uncomfortable yeah i mean and it wasn't just racism against like black it was against like uh women the, and, and they have the, all the nazi symbolism in there and the way they portrayed mm -hmm. the uh you know mexican workers and all that it was in the um the asian workers Chinese it was mm -hmm. way over the top and honestly I paid attention to the like the, my first thought was the Chinese workers mm -hmm. I don't even know if they're like whatever were they Chinese or I think, I think it would be Chinese yeah. yeah with the hats and everything and I was like ooh, that's cringy and then I then all of a sudden they started talking and I was like oh god this is not at all what I thought it was gonna be mm -hmm. ooh. yeah um, so could we make the day not really no um, even given all of the mm -hmm. like asterisks of like how okay, old are they today with a it, grain of salt? Yeah, <laughs> it, it was, you would have a really hard time getting a large enough audience to mm -hmm. be receptive of this script and this. I mean, the very basic plot probably mm -hmm. this exact movie and the script. Yeah. Yikes! Yikes! Um, did they say the title of the movie in the movie, um, in the song? I don't think they said it at all, like in words, but they had the Blazing Saddles mm -hmm. song, which was kind of catchy. Um, I'll probably have it stuck in my head the rest of the week. I don't know the <laughs> words to it, but I'll just have like, Blazing Saddles, do, 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 the rest of the week. I don't even think I paid attention oh. to the fact that it was in there. <laughs> Played it a couple of times throughout the movie, but. Um, were there any actors that went on to bigger things? Um, I feel I mean, like it was a pretty big name. Yeah, I, I can't really say whether they went on to bigger things or whether they're already big name actors, like Richard Pryor. Um, Gene Wilder, Mel Brooks, I think were the, the three big names mm -hmm. to us. I don't know um, if some of the other people were making cameos 
that Lil- were like big actors at the time. Lily Von Stoop or whatever her name mm-hmm. was was in Clue, which mm-hmm. I got off right off the bat. And um, but it's arguable whether those movies were bigger than this. Obviously, you've heard of Clue and you've seen this. They're bigger to mm-hmm. you, but um, I think this was kind of probably a stacked cast for the time. Oh, for sure. I mean, the fact that I knew of the names of like four to mm-hmm. five of these main characters from a movie from 50 years ago mm-hmm. that I knew them <laughs> means it was probably a pretty stacked cast. Well, and you knew uh, what Mel Brooks's godson? Uh, yeah, Dom DeLuise's son mm-hmm. is in a Disney show. <laughs> and that's of course why I know it. Always the DCOMs, always the DCOMs. Hey, don't knock it. They're, the decoms are going to come around on Culture Night, <laughs> and I'm going to be living in my glory. It's going to be a tough, tough season. <laughs> um, does the title fit the movie? Yeah. I think so. I couldn't really think of a better a better title. Um, anything else would have been way too obvious of a yeah, title? Yeah, I was going to say it would have been too specific that it would have given it yeah. That it's just that, I feel like that's just a title of a Western-style movie, mm-hmm. and... It just is. Yeah. Uh, and uh, do you feel cultured after watching it? I mean, right now, no, because I've never heard, I mean, not even heard the title of this movie mm-hmm. before. I feel like I will feel cultured when it comes up in the future for me or like it's referenced more or like, I don't know. And, and I think as we watch more movies that, mm-hmm like this is that we're kind of not based off this but have similar style to this i think Mm -hmm. i'll appreciate it more and so i guess yes but like you have to say that you feel cultured based on like seeing a a, you know a comedy from 1974 mm -hmm. and like just how like differently it aged today and even even if this wasn't like a big name movie just seeing that Mm -hmm. um and how different movies seem today I think I think you get that bit regardless. Yes, I think it's just especially after like Risky Business last week yeah. and The Graduate and like those movies that I've heard a lot of. Where this, <laughs> this was, was a thing I had literally never heard of ever. That like it's just I'm like embarrassed that you haven't <laughs> seen this before. I'm embarrassed for you. This is a big movie. I don't know, like Ugh. like zero context for this going into it. So um, I'm sure I'll come around to to the culturedness of it. And I, I appreciate a lot of that. So yes, mm-hmm. like I do feel cultured. It's just hard to feel like, oh man, I've seen something that I've always wanted to see like risky mm-hmm. business like last week yeah. because I've just, I've never heard of it before. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. So, um, let's go into notes. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first this week. Um, so my first note is literally yikes. <laughs> Could not be made today. Um, cause I mean, they just jumped right in with mm-hmm. the language and the racism the stereotypes and stereotypes and, and yikes. <laughs> it was, it was something that's for sure. Um, and then my next note is quicksand. This is something we talk about a lot is we have, we have this running list between the two of us of things that as a child, it was like, I'm going to encounter this all the time when I grow up. Mm-hmm. And I literally have not encountered like, it I really thought time that like quicksand would be something I have to worry about. Volcanoes, mm-hmm. tidal waves, 
nunchucks. I was going to say, nunchucks were like, definitely going to be a bigger part of my lots life. Lots of things that I'm like, these are things I have to worry about all the time. There might just be like a volcano somewhere or like quicksand as I'm and walking down the street. The second they started singing, I was like, oh my God, it's quicksand. <laughs> because it's not something you that I feel like you've even talked about today. Mm -hmm. I feel like it came up a lot when we were kids and I don't ever hear about it until this, which was yeah. obviously made before we were even born. Is quicksand even, like, does it actually exist? What is, is it, quicksand? Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel so like I need... I'm going to be on Wikipedia tomorrow. <laughs> I need a deep dive. Podcast business next week is going to be explaining quicksand to, to, to please, our fans. Please, please. Um, and then I was, I was having a hard time getting the, like, when the setting of this movie, as far as the timing and the vibes of it, because, you know, it's set in, like, I guess the 1870s is the mm -hmm. actual setting of it. But then there's the, the guy outside with the guillotine dressed like a medieval knight. And then, you know, every once in a while there's, like, the Nazis. Mm -hmm. And then... I mean, I don't know. It just it felt all over the place, which I do feel like was kind of Mel Brooks's style of movie, is to like kind of mix. It felt very much in. like a Monty Python. Yes. And, and have you seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail? I've seen it one time, but I did okay. add it to our list that yeah. we need to watch. Sometime. So like, it's it's got a lot of those vibes of things that are very um, anachronistic, just not part of the times, and mm -hmm. um, kind of seem out there and way over the top. Um, but yeah, I think that should have been one of the first giveaways. This is going to be a very out there mm -hmm. movie. Obviously, the very first thing you kind of understand, this is more of like a comedy and like, yeah. you know, joking around. But when you get to that point, you're like, okay, this is going to like be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I was glad, though, that they actually said a, oh, it's 1874, that they mm -hmm. actually gave it a physical number. Yes. Um, physical, I don't know if that's the right description, but to, to actually have a time period to put my brain around mm -hmm. all the things they were talking about, even like when they were referencing presidents and stuff and realizing like a Lincoln had only been dead for like eight, 10 years or something like that. I guess like what, eight years or something? So, yeah. Yeah. So was not really probably considered a great president by these people at that time mm -hmm. too. That, that helped to give some context of what was going on that I mm -hmm. appreciate that they actually said that, but then there was all the other stuff thrown in and obviously it was comedy. So it was not expected to be very accurate or by any mm -hmm. means, but, um, I was definitely thrown off by the, uh, medieval knight looking man outside yeah. the window. Um, and then I just made a note about the weird sexual humor. Cause I just feel like that was kind of I mean, another sign of the times and mm -hmm. like, but at the same time that a lot of things don't really change yeah. how they are presented to the world are not, are, are different, but mm -hmm. that, you know, making jokes about sex is still something that we like to laugh about. Like when he was like humping the weird mm -hmm. statue, weird. That's a guy thing. Yeah, I think. It, was, it was weird, but I feel like that's still very much like all the comedy of, of today. And just different and yeah i think it was it just felt jarring given given that this was set in like the 1800s and i feel like you know mm -hmm. talking about sex at all in the 1800s it was a hard no that just just it i think out of out of the setting it felt weird were but then it was like it was written in the as, 70s that it was my brain had a hard time wrapping were you around viewing it as if you were like an 1870s person viewing yep. this oh my yeah my word <laughs> um and also says not really my taste in humor um, I do feel like it is a sense of humor of several generations before us or not yeah. several, several like decades before us. Like yeah. it was definitely not our, and not to get like into to like gender stereotypes, but I feel like it very much is more like boy humor than girl humor you know, yeah. in a lot of ways. And, and I don't consider myself super like <gasps> shocked by a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Like I, I do appreciate a lot of boy humor, but I think this one was just like a little, a little much for me. Yeah. Um, 
and then um, I wrote animal rights, but I'm gonna read on your list that you wrote. <laughs> so I, I typed animal rights and I look up at his list of notes because we have a shared Google Doc. And his says, animals may have been harmed making this film. In the making of this film. Because <laughs> usually the movie's so old, like, at the end, end credits, it's like, no animals were harmed in the making of this film. I just feel like in 18 or in 1974, in a lot of the scenes that I saw in the, in the stunts, I'm like, I think animals might have been harmed in the making right. of this film. I mean, I just really appreciated how we just wrote yeah. that very differently. Um, yeah, I mean, those poor horses. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were just falling all over the place, and yeah. there was obviously some very fake horses. Yeah, there was in certain scenes. one that was very much like just a fake, like um, knock it backwards. Yeah. But other ones, I'm like, obviously they didn't actually punch the horse, but some of the ones where they fell over or fell into things. Or like, like slipped on things. I'm like, that's gotta hurt the horse. You can't, right. you, you can't train a horse to act that way and not hurt, get hurt occasionally. Like Another reason this movie might not be made today is, yeah. is the Be a little more rights. CGI on the animals part. Absolutely. Um, yeah, those poor animals. Um, and then I feel like I should have known this going into it because they have the credits at the beginning of the movies mm -hmm. in, these, in, in this time. And it was, you know, all these songs written by Mel Brooks and all the stuff that I should have expected the musical numbers, but they just always felt very random to me and very weird. And See, and I wrote that I think that some movies need more original music numbers. I just think, especially in comedies, it, it it's just fun. It's different. It's I appreciate it in the comedy setting. But it also gave me some really strong Family Guy vibes. I don't know if you've watched enough Family Guy to get ever, that, but, not ever but I feel like guy. this kind of comedy really um, influenced a lot of those um, those shows and some of the the more modern comedy shows. In that, Family Guy will go off on a tangent for like fifteen minutes sometimes about things like that. Where, uh, for instance, the lady, whatever her name was, Von, Von Stoop or something, she went on to like singing this song about like she's tired and all these like sexual jokes and everything for like several minutes and it kind of seemed over the top, but I feel like it didn't seem that weird because I've seen so many, you know, not references, but things that seem to be inspired by this kind of comedy and that kind of over the topness. Mm -hmm. That I feel like it's, it's kind of fun. And so many movies nowadays are so serious or, I don't know, I feel like things are very much either a musical or not a musical. And this very much seemed kind of to straddle the line where there were some parts of like musical mm -hmm. and singing and dancing and was not, didn't feel like this was a musical. I wouldn't describe this as a no, musical. Definitely not. Um, but like on one end you've got, you know, high school musical, on the other end you've got very, very like, you know, strict <laughs> comedy. Or you've got something like Hamilton, which is more of like a theater comedy, like singing. And this just, I feel like it, it had a, a fun balance, a little change up there. Yes, and I appreciate that. Um, it was just, I don't know. It was, it was weird. just weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I didn't write this in my notes, but just, the especially after we got to the end of the movie with the weird um, or there was a lot of breaking of the fourth wall and then mm -hmm. you know co completely coming out of the setting of the story <laughs> that and, was breaking the fourth wall more than most things ever yes. break the fourth wall but the more i yeah. watched it i was like so i I'm, although i'm not cultured in a lot of things i've seen space balls like a thousand times my mm -hmm. cousins were really into it like i that was a big big part of my early childhood and i still love it today mm -hmm. and i can probably quote the whole thing so having seen that and like knowing how much mel brooks was involved in that and like mm -hmm. that this was written by mel brooks that like some of those like in even going back to the night and the guillotine and all that kind of stuff that like out of context stuff i you see a lot of that in that too that i kind of figured or I saw a lot of the connections between the mm -hmm. two of like 
that's just his style of comedy and, and a style of that time too, mm-hmm. kind of, um, of that comedy and, um, I don't know, like breaking out of well, and, things. In Spaceballs, he's clearly making fun of Star yeah. Wars, which you still- But it gets need, very like meta too. You still like, need, to, need to see it. I feel like it would make you appreciate that more. Mm-hmm. I have a note here that I really, especially want to watch more like quote unquote real Westerns mm-hmm. to really appreciate what this is making fun of. Like obviously I, I was able to enjoy it and it was kind of funny. Um, but I think a lot of this probably makes fun of a lot of the common like recurring cliches mm-hmm. or tropes, like especially that he kind of mentions one of the, the cliches in there about like, well, cut him off of the pass. I'm sure that probably pops up, uh, pops up a lot of time in mm-hmm. a lot of Western movies that it makes me want to add those to our, our list of, of culture movies to see some mm-hmm. like really old Westerns. Yeah. And honestly, that's kind of what I thought I was getting from this was going to be In going into it. I thought it was going to be like a true old Western. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this will be, I will, I will be glad to have seen this when we do watch a true, yeah, you know, like a John Wayne Hopefully movie. we can take it seriously after seeing something make fun of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. I'm feeling more culture the more we talk about it. And yeah. I, I knew I would come around to it but it's just hard having zero yeah. context of it that it's not like it's like checking a movie off my bucket list kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah i guess because this wasn't already on your list of movies it's it, it's a bit different mm-hmm. but. was it even on our like master list um i don't know i didn't go back to look to see if it gotcha. was and I've, i got a lot of like splash mountain vibes not just on the whole like racism part yeah but more of like the the sounds like that weird it's not like a, a guitar but it's like like that, a banjo yeah but now i feel like a banjo is more like high pitch like but this would was more like a really low as soon as, as soon as you said it i was like this is absolute splash mountain vibes yeah. and i think like just like that like, um wow wow yeah, like, like that weird i don't even know that and I mean, I don't know if I'm thinking this because they're replacing Splash Mountain with mm-hmm. the Tiana Bayou type thing, but like it's almost that like too, yeah, that like Louisiana mm-hmm. Bayou yeah, sound. I don't know. I- no, I, I get exactly <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, I and I thought that too. It, it's it's weird and it was very like I don't even know what that instrument's called, but I, I need to look it up. Yeah, but also I just like thinking back on this movie. I like hear the like the crickets and the reeds of the swamp and even mm-hmm. though it was obviously not set in a swamp it was in the desert but mm-hmm. i don't know it, it absolutely gave me splash mountain vibes there's one part of splash mountain where you're kind of going around like the the bend and it's like more of a midwestern mm-hmm. so like setting and I, I think that's where you, where you kind of hear that um uh next on my notes i had that that uh frontierman he looked like he was played by kurt russell from like 2020 <laughs> Which obviously this was a long time ago filmed, but I don't know if that like influenced what Kurt Russell wants to look like today, but it very much felt like him playing a frontiersman, which is wild. Yeah, gibberish frontiersman. Yeah, yeah, just the way he looked just looked like what Kurt Russell looks like yeah. nowadays. Um, so some of the like the quality and the acting and just like the overall like effort almost gave me some uh, feeling of the movie Step Brothers, where it's like some of the movies, there's some of the jokes they made they knew were over the top or they knew it was like a weird thing to yell or cut off a scene. It seemed kind of like abrupt in some situations because they like had a joke and they cut it off or it seemed like they were filming a blooper and they decided to make it part of the movie. It felt like it wasn't taking itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I saw Step Brothers for the first time, I was like, this seems so lazy. They're basically just milking this for money. They didn't put any effort into actually filming this. But now I'm looking at it and I'm like, I feel like some comedies just need to be 
they don't need to be super polished or super like you know you know well acted or anything they can just be a comedy they can be that like abrupt you, you get the joke you move on um it kind of made me appreciate some of the more now that Step Brothers is super new but like more the more the modern comedies in that they don't have to be super polished and i think um, that's why i always i mean this is not about Step Brothers, but that's why i liked Step Brothers. is like it knew what it was and it just kind of leaned into it and mm -hmm. making that reference here like i very much see this at the time they knew that this was not too like they weren't trying yeah. to take themselves seriously and just it is what it is um and i also noticed something with the the frame rates I think there was one scene in the beginning when they were yeah. dancing and it seemed like they tried to stretch out something that was filmed at 24 into slow motion. It seemed like it was kind of jittery, which mm -hmm. is something that most people wouldn't notice, but having like done so, a lot of videography lately, yes, it's something that I really kind of saw. And then later when they were um, in the, the cafeteria after, the cafeteria after they'd broken the fourth wall and broken out of the, the set, um, sliding on the, on the cafeteria, you could see so much of it felt or was clearly sped up because mm -hmm. uh, it just looked unnatural and you could tell it was just played back at a, at a higher rate to make it look like things were happening faster than they were and i would love to know what like they were actually like at this time what was it filmed at and what did they speed it up or change it to 24 i'm sure just knowing what i know about digital I mean, that's the whole reason of like now, the, the video now was being at 24 is because that's like what film was filmed at. that just i mean i it was very noticeable having spent so much time editing videos mm -hmm. in the last year and a half that it especially the one at the end where they were trying to speed up the like food mm -hmm. fight scenes and stuff like that i was like oh god this is so clearly sped up but it's not done well yeah but it's also like but it, sh it shouldn't yeah. be done well because it's, it was it's in a 50 comedy years and they were they clearly broken every rule of movies by breaking out of the out of the set <laughs> in the movie but I, but I do love that though and i think and, and i should probably should have put this in my notes too it almost gave me like Disney vibes, and I guess kind of to your Splash Mountain thing. Obviously, it was not made by Disney and would not ever be yeah. made by Disney. But I think just from when I think of Disney, I think of the like behind the scenes stuff, and and even like Disney World, how the like Main Street is scaled down, like the um, mm -hmm. it's built at like two thirds scale or something. So it feels like it's big, but it's not really as big as like everything would be, and it just feels kind of like a set that you're on that even just watching before they like built the set of the, mm -hmm, the Rocky Ridge or whatever their town was called. It just felt like I was in like a Disney world type place mm -hmm. and just, I don't know, gave me weird Disney. Yeah. Like how once they had built this fake town, they're clearly fighting in the fake town and they zoom out and they show you and it's clearly not a fake town. And then it's actually at Warner brothers. Yeah. <laughs> which was just very, very funny. Um, but, uh, backing up, I liked the mistakes, or not the mistakes, but some of the scenes, it seemed like they were, um, some of the characters were breaking, or you could tell it was something where they filmed and they were like, just ad lib until the other character laughs, or just, we're gonna film you and we're gonna pick out whichever part of this thing we, we like the best. Just mm -hmm. go, keep going until something happens. Um, and it was it was very clear that, that was happening. You could tell some of the smiles on their faces, and I, I liked how it didn't take itself mm -hmm. too terribly seriously. Um, something I noticed in the beginning was the, uh, I felt like there was a lack of makeup and they didn't try to hire or just have attractive actors or extras. Um, and they didn't care too much about the lighting in some of the scenes as much as I feel like movies nowadays are so obsessed about them. Uh, seemingly like everything was fairly evenly lit. Um, and a lot of the like characters, obviously they're trying to be in a frontiers town, so they don't want everyone to look super attractive or they want them to have like ugly teeth and, and whatnot. But I felt like it 
nowadays a movie being made like this they would have been like oh we're gonna pick up only the most attractive extras and actors and have them be these random people and that was kind of refreshing to see like everyday looking people in a lot of these roles yeah and i think that's just what i've taken so far from the what four weeks of this that we've been doing and like watching these older movies it's it feels like we've gotten to this really extreme of like we have to have the most beautiful and the perfect lighting and the mm -hmm. perfect setting and the perfect everything and although we're like trying to break that and i think social media is mm -hmm. like trying to break that to a certain extent but just to like see some of this older stuff it's where it was people like view that if they're like everything i watch if everyone is absolutely perfect then I have to be perfect. And if I'm not perfect, then I must be like failing if I can't even be like an extra in a background scene of a restaurant. Like I do feel like we're we're starting to break out of that. I now. hope so. Or I hope we are. It was like, I feel like early 2000s was really like peak of trying to be like absolutely pristine and perfect, beautiful, everybody, everything. Mm -hmm. It was just this wonderfulness that I, I do kind of feel like we're trying to, we're, we're, we have more diverse casts and we're mm. more like true true we're not like hiring the most beautiful and the most perfect everything that mm. I, I feel like we're starting to break out of that or at least i hope because yeah i hope so too i just feel like so many of those things it seems forced they're like oh we're, it's gonna, so unrealistic. we're gonna have we're gonna have like this like overweight person and they're still like absolutely beautiful and it's like well if they're supposed to be the person that's picked on at school shouldn't they be like look like the person that is not like i don't know yeah it, it just feels kind of kind of forced in a lot of ways in a lot of more modern things but hopefully that that is getting better it is refreshing in these older movies to see more of that diverse but not not diversity but like yeah just, not everybody is this like hollywood perfect mm -hmm. actress or actor um so also like in this movie the moving on like the the trope of chugging bottles of liquor i don't I don't know if like anyone who's ever made a movie has ever like actually tried to do that. That's a lot of liquors to chug. And they're like, oh, this person like pounces his entire handle of whiskey to I function. Even, I don't even know if I've ever seen someone take like a true full bottle of liquor to mm -hmm. the face. Like, I mean, if, if anything, it's like pour a shot of liquor mm -hmm. or like, you know, pour some in a glass, but I've never seen someone truly just like pick up a handle of and they're sitting there and they're like, just like eyes are still focusing on things and they're just talking and chatting and they're moving around it's like they're trying to act drunk occasionally and i'm like you wouldn't be breathing if you drank that mm -hmm. <laughs> and it just seems like so common to be like oh we're just gonna chug this bottle and mm -hmm. um they do this in animal house as well the um uh they chug the entire bottle of whiskey and i just feel like that seems way over the top of something to to do not, not to mention movies mm -hmm. where they people rip like 10 shots and like that's just a normal thing to do like, like the greatest showman like, where they like God, literally not knock back like 20 shots yeah in that and one that song. yeah and then they have dates dancing on the bar i'm like that's unrealistic act like you've ever ever drank before mm -hmm. <laughs> that's just that's just wild um definitely not realistic i thought it was interesting how the big guy um his name mongo mongol mongo um how he was supposed to be like the big huge guy but then i compare him to like what you see nowadays as like a big huge guy and he seemed like he would have been sk considered skinny mm -hmm. in a lot of movies i mean he seemed very much like a like an athlete almost like what mm -hmm. an athlete looks like in my mind of like the the probably like a lineman in mm -hmm. football or but he's supposed to be this big overweight guy like chugging mm -hmm. down all these beans and i'm like it's it just kind of shows how much nowadays uh like morbid obesity has become accepted as like slightly overweight mm -hmm. and like he seemed like he was at most overweight that's something I think we're gonna find a lot the more we watch mm -hmm. these like older movies is 
how much that the old like oh shifted. the big huge school bully it's like nowadays he'd be like the average sized guy because mm -hmm. it's the obesity crisis has just gotten so crazy um the animals may have been hard to make in this film uh need more musicals uh, obviously we covered the fourth wall um being just completely obliterated where they broke out of not only like just there were a couple times where they uh, acknowledged the mm -hmm. uh, audience, like spoke directly to them, smiled at them, and then they just completely broke out of it and just broke off the set and just got kind of wild at the end. I was wondering what your thoughts were on the ending, just especially compared to The Graduate and how that just went from like, a, it's kind of weird, I can't see where this is going, to suddenly it's like way off the, off the rails. It was different than The Graduate. Like The Graduate, I was definitely not expecting at all. And I, I wasn't expecting this either, obviously. But as soon as it started happening, I was just kind of like, okay. And, and I don't know if that's mm -hmm. because, and not that Spaceballs is the same in any capacity, but I, I, I felt a lot of the similar vibes of that movie that it, it mm -hmm. didn't, it was like, oh, okay, I get it. Well, I think this was also a comedy. I mm -hmm. think if this had the, been more of I, a serious movie, it would have been a, a lot more jarring. Yeah, and I think because they'd already broken the fourth wall a couple times, like through the actors and like looking at the camera and stuff, that once it like really went out of it, it was just kind of like, okay, we've already done this a couple times that like, mm -hmm. why not do it more? And honestly, I think the ending made me like it even more. Like I was so, I had such a hard time with all of the racism and the, the, the like cringiness of mm -hmm. how different times are now compared to this, that the ending was definitely my favorite part yeah. where it was just kind of like, fuck it. Over like, the top everything. We'll just- It was really cool seeing, cause the the shots of the the, the Chinese theater they had the Warner Brothers studio mm -hmm. and that's like what it looked like in 1974 that wasn't like a throwback yeah, or a recreation that. that's that's what that looked like that I wanted to like pause on that and just look around mm -hmm. I and I think and I think that's why I loved it and the ending for me was like a seven plus on mm -hmm. the ten scale um, the rest of the movie was just weird and cringy yeah. to me but I I loved the ending because you know it wasn't what you expect it it lent into the comedy sense of it was like we're not taking ourselves too seriously we're just going to completely throw you for a loop and do something that you're not mm -hmm. expecting um i was also kind of hoping that like or thinking about you know when this movie premiered were they at the chinese theater did they had do some kind of like live action like too. role playing of that like how cool would that have been i feel like the premiere must have been like different than what was actually then released i think they almost might have like cut some of that in it just seemed mm -hmm. Like, cause I feel like it would have been so cool to be like, oh, we're premiering this at the Chinese theater and having like, you know, the whole mm -hmm. audience of these people seeing this movie. And then they come like in their outfits, like running down the um, state, like, you know, yeah. kind of break out to a certain extent. I feel like that could have been like super, super cool. Mm -hmm. um, and I also, I mean, I love the idea of old Hollywood and stuff that to see those behind the scene things. I, like, you yeah. know, I was like, let's pause it and just watch it for a second. Cause that's so cool. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of them I'm gonna look at this up on on Wikipedia afterwards. I want to see like read more about this, but they had like the the bulls staged in the theater that mm -hmm. they that they showed there. I'm like, I could imagine there being like a big, um, over the top like showing of this movie, just to make it more of an experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that'd be you know really really cool to then be part of like that mm -hmm. and say like oh I was there and I saw the movie, but like before it was really done, I was kind of part of it, mm -hmm. even though I was seeing the premiere. Um, would be really cool if that actually happened. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I the think ending was definitely my favorite part of the movie. That was one sure. of the main things that I did like remember going into this is that um, I remember the um, uh, where the what uh, where, where the white women at 
uh, from Cleavon Little there of uh, them acting as or trying to trap the KKK members. Um, the uh, the shaking hand scene, <laughs> just the hand issue with, mm -hmm. um, and like that was really it that I that I really remembered. Just kind of those three things. It's like I kind of remember that it was uh, over the top comedy. They really broke the fourth wall at the end. I will say. Once you reminded me that Gene Wilder was Willy Wonka, mm -hmm. then I couldn't unsee that. And I, I mean, and I've only seen that one, mm -hmm. that version of the movie, maybe once. I've also only ever seen the Johnny Depp one twice, maybe. Like yeah, I'm not super go. familiar it's, with it's those bizarre. with those movies. But as soon as you said it, then I couldn't unsee it, and I just like heard him as like creepy Willy Wonka. See, I think this and, and um, that one's that one's Willy Wonka, right? Willy Wonka, the Chocolate Factory. The original Factory. is Willy Wonka, and then I think the newer one is Yeah, I can't remember. One of, there's, there's the book has a name, and there's two movies with yeah, all their names. Um, I've only seen like, those two are the... might be the only two Gene Wilder movies that I've seen. I really want to see Young Frankenstein, because um, it's another one that he's really famous for. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I am very intrigued to see more of what his comedy was like. Because some of those mm -hmm. scenes, it looked like he was kind of like laughing. I kind of thought that things were ridiculous, that I didn't know if this was... How much influence he had in the movies versus how much was he just kind of like I'm kind of over this, mm -hmm. and, I, and I feel like he very much loved this kind of movie, and that was what that weird smile was for. Yeah, I just kind of assumed that's like just how he was. I mean, I don't obviously I don't really know mm -hmm. a lot of him, and I had to. I was he told me to put my phone away while we were watching it because I was just like I need to look at a picture of him out of the context of this mm -hmm. to process like what his facial expressions are mm -hmm. kind of, I mean, kind of to what you're saying of, you know, is this, are you just like acting this way or is, are you over this or, you know, how are you? I think it's just this? kind of the vibe you always gave was that weird and soft smile. And that's the vibe I got from this. It's the soft smile. That's exactly mm -hmm. what it is. It's a little, it's unnerving to me a little yeah. bit. I don't like it. But yeah. yeah. So now you have now seen Blazing Saddles, the movie you didn't know existed until <laughs> yesterday. I did not know um, what I was missing, I guess. Mm -hmm. It was certainly something. And I think this is one that, like, podcast business, I'll need to do, like, a quick little, like, okay, I've sat in this for a week. Mm -hmm. This is how I feel now. Cause yeah, next week I want to hear all of what you've learned and what you have now processed after a week of this. Because I feel like it was yeah. a lot taken knowing literally nothing about the movie other than the title. But I will Which I say... You. I wish I could... Do that more about so many more movies. I, I mean, I will say it was it was a really fun experience because we were talking before we were like did all of this tonight, and I was like, I want to do answer all the beginning questions first before you say anything. I don't know what year this is from. I know absolutely nothing about this movie mm -hmm. that I want to, to go into it knowing as little as possible because I've never even heard of it. That I feel like you know so like I'd heard of The Graduate, I'd heard of Risky Business, like you hear mm -hmm. in a lot of movies that that's why they're on the list. That this one I had didn't even know existed until yesterday that mm -hmm. um it was it was honestly a good experience for this yeah so um i, I again I will, i'll be thinking about it this week <laughs> i'm sure i'll have things to say next week but it was something that's for mm -hmm. sure all right yeah. episode, episode four episode four cheers see you next week catch you next week